On this week's episode of the Marketing Expedition Podcast, it's special. It's the 100th episode of the podcast. And today we have someone special for you. It's Marty York, and he was best known for his role in Yaya McLennan in the beloved Sandlot movie, right? The Sandlot. And also he's made appearances in Saved by the Bell, The College Years, Boy Meets World, a whole bunch of things. He's also voiced episodes of Hey Arnold and all kinds of fun things. And we're gonna talk about what it's like to be an actor and how an actor can use their talents to be able to help endorse products or services. And he has a few products and things that he's done now. And we're also hoping that maybe he'll even have a comeback in the return or reunion of the Sandlot. We're waiting to see if that's going to happen or not. But you know, Marty was born in the 80s, the, the decade of big hair, big phones, pastel suits and cabbage patch kids, Rubik's cubes, all the fun things, right, that happened in that time frame. And of course, blockbuster movies that really kind of created and helped create pop culture. And that's what's happened now, looking back at the Sandlot and all of the reunions that they're having and holding. And it's really just a fun, fun, fun time. And he's going to share with what some of the products that have come because of the movie. So stay tuned. But first, I need to tell you about DoorDash. You can go to peppershock.com slash offers and get $30 off your DoorDash. It's a great way to support local restaurants with safe, no contact delivery. And like I said, you can get $30 off or $10 off each of your first three orders when you sign up. So go to peppershock.com slash offers and get your three free $30 from DoorDash from me. And now it's time for the marketing essentials moments, the basics that you need to help you build your brand and your bottom line. It's not the plan that's important. It's the planning by Dr. Graham Edwards. This is really important to consider, right? Why some businesses succeed and why others fail. In fact, it's estimated that 50% of businesses fail due to a lack of planning. And planning can really help get the stage set and get your strategy out and what it is that you want to do and why you want to do it. But first things first, we need to know who you're going to market to. So understanding your target audience and really defining who it is that you're wanting to attract to your business, right? Gathering the data, understanding what's happening, what's what kind of conversations are being had, understanding what you can measure, right? Measure what we treasure, dump what we don't, automate what we hate. But what are those kept promise indicators or key performance indicators that you can treasure and measure along the way? right? If uh, it's measured, it's going to get done. So think about gathering the data, how you're going to measure it, what kind of scorecard you're going to keep, and then thinking about what your goals and objectives are. What is it that you're wanting to accomplish, right? And get to know that data that you can measure and, and collect and do those things. And then think about how you're going to test everything that you're going to do and then how you can get that on track on a regular basis and making those iterations happen every single time. Then take a step back and look at what you've accomplished. Look at how you are utilizing your skills and your knowledge and your expertise to then help you build your brand, right? And if you need help, right, consult an expert that might also help you in your journey in putting your plan together. And sometimes other people can have more brain space and collectively come together with a whole marketing strategy and plan. And we have tools that you can use in the marketingexpedition.com website. And we're also creating the marketing plan system for you to help you go through this marketing plan process with us. So without further ado, let's listen in to our 100th episode with Marty York. (music) 
Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen, and President and CEO of Pepper Shock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today's guest, we have Marty York. Welcome to the show, Marty. What's up? How's everybody doing? Well, I just want to, first of all, thank you. You are our 100th guest on the 100th episode of the Marketing Expedition podcast, and I'm excited to have you. Yes. Uh, share uh, a little bit gonna about- balloons going to fall from the ceiling, or what's going on? I know, on? right? Yeah, <laughs> balloons pop from the ceiling. <laughs> uh, so just share a little bit about you and uh, with our audience, you know, a little more about into who you are and, and what you do now, Marty. Well, most notably known for the baseball movie, The Sandlot, of course, and uh, was a child star uh, from 1990 to 1997 and uh, kind of got out of the business in 1997. I uh, got in a pretty bad car accident when I was 17 at the height of my career, was auditioning against like Elijah Wood and like really big actors. And I was going to school and basically waking up very early in the morning, going to school all day and then leaving and driving to Hollywood, which is about 60 miles one way from where I was living. Got in a car accident, broke both my legs. Uh, di- I died at the scene, was actually resuscitated and uh, lost a lot of blood and had to, uh... after that, I kind of reevaluated my life and, yeah. you know, decided that I wanted to take time off of acting and did a number of different things uh, in the biz, or not really in the business, but, you know, other businesses, you know, working in real estate and, uh, timeshare and you name it for you know the past almost god 15 years and i got back into the business in 2013 where we did the 20th anniversary of sandlot and uh just started doing a lot of stuff with acting again when i got back in and uh i've been doing stuff ever since you know gigs here and there and you know have some other ventures going on yeah tell me a little bit about uh some of the other ventures you have going on I'm starting, um, I'm big into fitness, so I'm starting a supplement line with a sandlot theme to it. It's going to be called, uh, based on Beast. So my first yeah. supplement is going to be called Beast Juice, and uh, it's going to be a pre-workout I'm, I'm coming out with, and uh, I'm actually going to be shooting the commercial for the Beast Juice uh, at the beginning of next month, October. So that's going to be fun. And hopefully the sandlot show for Disney Plus, we're still waiting on the word back, but we talked to producers and hopefully that that still happens. Uh, we actually met with producers at the end of 2019 and they wanted to do the show and then COVID hit and everything kind of got put on hold. So we're hoping that it's still something that we can do. Absolutely. I can't wait to see it. If we get to see it on Disney Plus, that would be amazing. So let's talk about some of the, the things that you've done. You, you've, you've done some endorsements and you've been in commercials and those types of things. From a marketing perspective, what's it like when you want to hire an actor and be involved in that process? What to, Kind of walk us through what some of those things are that you've done and, and how to go about it. If, if somebody wanted to hire somebody like you, what would they do? A lot of it is done through uh, studios and uh, different casting companies. So the first thing you want to do is find a really reputable casting company uh, that, you know, does a lot of stuff maybe with it, uh, celebrities or just actors in general. And then you basically audition a lot of people. It's done kind of differently now than it was when I was a kid, whereas everything out now is done through uh, social media. So a lot of um, castings are put on L.A. casting or Actors Access or these different casting sites where when I was a kid, you would just have an agent 
basically they nail in your headshot and then the casting director would call you and you would audition uh, where now it's you know a lot different basically there's thumbnails of hundreds of actors and they're kind of just scrolling through oh he might work for this he might work for this and they're looking at your resume and so i mean for companies that want to do commercials and uh, find a reputable casting company and take it from there and they can kind of organize that for you what are some of the things that you've been able to do as far as commercials go, um, 2013, I shot a Old Spice commercial, which was kind of a spoof on uh, the Jersey Shore. It was uh, Executive Spray Tan Parties was the name of the commercial. So if you go on YouTube, you can actually still see it. Executive Spray Tan Parties. It's got a lot of views. It's got 6 million views. It's an Old Spice commercial. I did it, shot it with, um, I don't know if you know the black guy, Isaiah Mustafa. He's on the horse in the commercials and he's like i'm on a horse and like he i shot the commercial with him he's a great actor yeah like i did that i did a Takate beer commercial i did a commercial with chelsea handler called uh, it was a seven up commercial curling weights and she was curling seven up cans and a lot of stuff when i was a kid colgate toothpaste ragu spaghetti sauce that was actually the first thing i did was a colgate toothpaste commercial before i did sandlot that was when i was 11 i booked that i just come from northern california i did theater from five to 10 in a very small theater. And so I came to Hollywood and uh, it was a big change because I was in a room with a bunch of casting directors and lights and uh, directors. And they wanted me to dance with this little girl and I hid behind the chair. I was so scared. I couldn't do it. <laughs> and so they coaxed me out and I did it. And I ended up getting the part. And, uh, and after that, I got a call from the same cast director because they wanted me to play Italian kid in the uh, ragu spaghetti sauce commercial and then so my mom's like wow this is easy you know but then after that I didn't get anything for like two years we were really struggling and me and my mom were like renting little rooms out of people's homes and uh, and then Sandlot came along and the rest is history right right well let's talk a little bit about Sandlot since it is such a, a phenomenon that people still to this day will you know quote the movies and there's all kinds of merchandise and everything from it. I mean, what was it like for you when when you were acting in Sandlot? That was a blast. It was like being in summer camp for three months and you know, me and the guys had we had the most fun off camera because they had us in this condo in Utah and and uh we would do crazy stuff. I tell the story how we snuck into Basic Instinct when we were little kids. <laughs> and uh, we just, yeah, we, we, were, we were bad little kids. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we did a lot of stuff uh, off camera as well as on. And we improvised a lot of the lines in the movie. The clothes are going out of style. They already are squints. That was an improvised line. But, we, you know, we just became the best of friends. And, you know, I, I kind of fell out of touch with those guys after Sandlot. You know, I saw them here and there at auditions, and then we kind of rekindled any, everything in the 20th anniversary of 2013. Right. Um, that was the first time I saw almost all the guys, not all of them. But, and, you know, it was a big, we did like, we went back to the Sandlot, and we did like two baseball stadiums, but they were like double A teams. Yeah. Then we did the 25th anniversary, and it was like insane. It was like, first, we did every baseball stadium in the United States. So we including, did, uh, including one in Boise too. We had you out and that's how we first met. And we had yeah. the Sandlot play in the baseball field and, you know, people came and, and, you know, autographs and all kinds of fun stuff that was going on. And, and, you know, we got to promote the event and get people there and have that inflatable screen up there. And it was, it was a good yeah. time for sure. Boise, Boise Hawks, right? Uh -huh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I think that was around the 20th anniversary that I did that. Yeah. That was a couple of years before the 25th. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. I did that with the director's brother, Scott Evans, who okay. the Sandlot's actually based on. He is the Scotty Smalls. He's the real Scotty Smalls. <laughs> the real one yeah. <laughs> that's based on. I think that's great. Yeah. yeah and, and we had, yeah. you know, the hot dogs and we had some posters and it was a lot of fun to put it together and trivia and all the fun things that, that people say. And, you know, so was your line the, the one, the most famous line? Was it improvised or is that something that uh, kind of just came naturally or was it supposed to be? I don't know if my line was the most famous line. I think the most famous line from the movie is you're killing me smalls. That's true. <laughs> that was probably the most famous line from the film. Um, killing me smalls. Yeah. <laughs> that line was actually, it wasn't even you're killing me smalls. It was like killing me smalls. Yeah. Yeah. He exactly. added, you're, you're killing me small. It wasn't, I forgot what it was, but he added, Pat Renna added something to it that made it more memorable because the line wasn't like that. It was something else. Mm-hmm. And, and the You're Killing Me Smalls was kind of like some improvisation in there. But that line is like on thousands of t-shirts now. And, <laughs> and that that shirt with him saying that is actually the highest selling slogan shirt in history. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. You know, one line can can do that. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Urkel's, did I do that? Or, you know. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then so your line, too, was that improvised or is that something that they scripted for you? Oh, no, that was my character. That was my character's thing. He said, yeah, yeah, before everything, because he had kind of some kind of speech impediment. What was funny, because when I auditioned for the movie, I did not originally audition for Yeah, Yeah. I auditioned for Bertram, who was the uh, the guy that got lost in the 60s and no one ever saw him again. Right, uh, right. So I auditioned for him, and I ended up getting a part of Bertram, and uh, he had a bigger part in the movie at first, as in the scene where Squint is talking about, we're in the treehouse, and he's talking about the beast and the whole story of the beast and all that. Yeah, I got, I landed the part of Bertram and then we went to the field and they were kind of like putting, they told us to stand on the line at the baseball field where we practiced that before we went to Utah to film. And they're like kind of putting us together and like the shapes and the sizes. And they're like, "Eh, uh, come here, come here to me. And I, you know, bring my mom over and he doesn't really fit the part of Bertram. We'd like him to read for Yeah, Yeah, which was like a different character in the film. They wanted Bertram to be more like a hippie-ish kind of guy yeah yeah was more like the fast talker the quick you know tons of energy guy they're like we'd like them to come audition for yeah yeah so i'm like great because i already had two auditions for bertram they wanted me to come back and audition again for a different character and i'm just like oh i mean i'd love to just be in this movie <laughs> so i remember like before the audition my mom got me a giant hershey's bar and uh i ate the whole hershey's bar and she's like okay that's your sugar rush and i go in there and show them the energy you got and by the end of the audition they were standing up and clapping and i knew i had the party yeah yeah so. Oh, good. So that was the secret <laughs> to serve you a big, huge Hershey's bar. <laughs> yeah, the Hershey's bar did it. So I thank the Hershey's bar. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. So now um, thinking about marketing and kind of since we're going on this marketing journey and you're talking about things that you're moving forward with in the future, what are some things that you're thinking about how you're going to approach getting your beast juice out into the marketplace? I heard you're going to do a commercial, but what are some things that you're thinking about doing and and helping that getting it launched, getting it out there and tying it into Sandlot? Obviously, that's going to be, I think, a a huge component to it, but uh, share a little bit about what your marketing plan is yeah definitely gonna market it on my instagram i don't have a giant following but i you know i have i have like around twenty thousand people um so i'm just gonna um market it on there 
And uh, I'm going to have my friends that are also actors market it, hang out with a lot of, you know, my child star friends from the Mighty Ducks and different films. They're going to help me market it. I'd like to figure out how to do the ads for Facebook and Instagram, mm -hmm. because I think that's one of the best marketing tools out there. We actually, me and the guys put an NFT line out um, at the beginning of April and we marketed it on Facebook and Instagram. We did really well. I'm sure if more people understood what NFTs were, right. it would have been better. But yeah, I mean, I think definitely the Instagram and Facebook, you know, marketing strategies. Yeah. I mean, just, just word of mouth and hopefully Are the you, fans will buy it. And it's going to be directly sold to consumers, not necessarily in a retail space or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to put it in a retail space if I can get into vitamin shops and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, that is something you have to kind of go around to different vitamin shops and like literally have samples for people and they try it out. And if they like it, vitamin shops will pick it up or bodybuilding.com. <laughs> yeah. Bodybuilding.com. Yeah. There's different, different venues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bodybuilding.com is based out of uh, Boise. Idaho. Yeah, it is. Boise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I so, went to the headquarters when I was there. That's right. Yeah. You got to tour around and check it out for sure. Yeah. Ryan DeLuca, you know, he's not owner of it anymore, but we got to interview him a long time ago and they won business business of the year or some award or something. So that's how I originally got to meet him. And, and every once in a while, we'll still do a fundraiser and just different things. And I've had him speak before. So that might be a good inroad for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. friends with, I'm friends with him on Facebook. I wanted to reach out and say, you have any connections for me to, yeah. you know, get this on the site. Cause I don't know who it's owned by now, but um, that's definitely a good, good route. That would be a good place to be for sure. So talk more uh, to me about this NFT. What did, what is it that you did and you know, what was successful with it? So for the listeners that don't know what NFTs are, basically stands for non-fungible token. They're, it's kind of a new thing out there. It's digital art. So you're probably saying digital art. Well, I can just go on a website and I can download a picture and that's digital art for me. This is more like, um, it's actually like collectors. It's got its own unique code your own unique serial code. Uh, it's, um, it's, they're numbered. So you, you can only get, a, there's a certain amount made, you know, they, they are rare, you know, people are buying these things for a lot of money. If you look online, some <laughs> NFTs go for a million dollars for this digital art. You know, we kind of put, we started a line, we called it the boys of summer to avoid copyright infringements. And we kind of did our own thing. We, what we did was we posted pictures of like behind the scenes that we actually took while we were doing the movie. So it's like, Art you can't find. I mean, it's pictures right. you can't find anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, and we did, it did really well. We, we launched it for two weeks. It did well. Uh, we just launched another uh, NFT that just came out, which is artwork done by a specific artist. It actually took a picture that we did on set and he turned it into an animation. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's boysofsummer.cards if you want to find these NFTs. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a digital collectible. They're awesome. They're going to be worth a lot of money. They, there's some of them, some of them bought mine and some of them are selling for like five, $600 already. And wow. it's, uh, it's, it's going to be big when people actually start understanding what they actually are. Right, yeah, non-fungible tokens, right? Yeah, NFTs are going like crazy. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. And so then people can buy yeah. it for a price and then they can resell it and sell it for more later if they want to, or they can hang on to it. And then the value ideally will increase over time, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's got the serial number on it and everything. So they have, it's an individual piece of artwork that they own and it's going to be worth quite a bit. 
Excellent. So now are you going to be doing another reunion for uh, Sandlot again? Are you going to do the same as you did before? Yeah, I mean, let's see, we did a 25th, 2018. That means next year it would be the 30th, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got a little math we're going to come out. We're going to come out in walkers and wheelchairs. And, you know. um, yeah, we're doing, you know, hopefully this one's even bigger than the 25th because mm -hmm. the 25th was was crazy. You know, I don't think any of us really, that, that's for the first time really all of us were together. Of course, with the exception of Mike Peter who played Benny DeJet because he uh, is a firefighter now living that life. And, but uh, it was it was crazy, you know. We got to stand on baseball stadium fields all over the United States and throw out first pitches and yeah. the Dodger stadium one was really big because we took our positions on the Dodger stadium field before the Dodger game that we actually played on Sandlot. We got a standing ovation from 60,000 people. Wow. So uh, we sold out the stadium and it was Dodgers versus Giants, which is a, a old rivalry and the Dodgers won. And so we were like, yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. So, yeah, I'm sure it's cool to get together again with all of the people that were involved with it and reminisce about the times that you were together and people want to see that, you know, if it worked out so well on the 25th, I'm sure it'll, it'll go again and, and then movie sales will go back up again. And <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm, I'm just hoping the show happens. That's what I want because I've been, I've been acting like quite a bit, but nothing is, it's hard to do a movie of that magnitude again. It's mm -hmm. like a, you know, sometimes you hit hit the lottery with a movie like that just because you don't know what it's going to turn out to be. But and in the beginning, Samoa wasn't just a, a huge smash hit, you know, but right. over the years, it became a, a, a iconic cult classic. And mm -hmm. uh, just the things we saw, we've seen. Mm -hmm. I travel around comic cons and sketch memorabilia shows with these guys. And we did a we were in where were we, we were in Tennessee uh, a couple of weeks ago. We did the it was a the triple A team for the uh, the Cubs. People waited, people came from all over the country and waited in line for eight, nine hours in Tennessee heat. Wow. For, for an autograph. And, and uh, you know, it's still, it's still amazing to this day. And the amount of, as you said, like uh, apparel and sandlot shirts and stuff like that is crazy. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, people, I think, have watched the movie, you know, so much that they can recite the words. And, you know, I think it's great to yeah. see you know such and like you said it didn't it wasn't at first it wasn't a, as big of a hit but then over time you know there's these movies that continue on and live on <laughs> so if it goes on disney plus you you said that it's going to be a show so they would create a new show with new actors or tell me a little bit more about what you're hoping to have on disney plus yeah we went with producers it would, we would be in it but it's kind of like like you know the cobra kai thing where you have you have a new generation of kids so, you know, we would have our kids, you know, uh -huh. that, that, that's like a possible, but I can't say the whole plot line, but obviously, um, yeah, sure. you know, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, it's set 25 years in the, in the future. So if the movie took place in 1962, it'd be set in the eighties, of course. And uh, it would be, you know, us in the eighties, you know, with <laughs> having adventures and, yeah. you know, and, and the nice thing too, is that if you watch the end of Samuel, it shows what happens to all of our characters at the end of at the end of the original Sandlot. So the show kind of picks up on all that. Yeah, so then you'd be living it out. And, and I think that'd be awesome. I'd definitely watch it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I watched all the Cobra Kai stuff too. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, and that show was great. You know, that, yeah. that turned out really great. And, yeah. uh, and we've got great producers and directors working on this show too. that have done some big stuff. So uh, I'm hoping it goes through, you know, it's 
you know, they had luck with the Mighty Ducks show and I think the yeah. Sandlot show would knock it out the park. <laughs> Literally, I mean, figuratively. I love it. Yeah. Excellent. So just tell me a little bit more about, I mean, kind of the things that you want to do. I know you're doing your your beast juice, but are there other things in the future that you're hoping to accomplish or what you're wanting to aspire to do even more of? Yeah, I mean, I'm still auditioning for stuff and hopefully book a role. I mean, I'd love to be in like a like a action hero um, action hero movie or like one of those Marvel movies. That'd be really cool. <laughs> that would be cool. I was a big huh? comic book nerd. Yeah. yeah, I was a big comic book nerd as a kid. So I, uh, yeah. X-Men or something like that would be cool. Yeah, you know, just doing something like that. So hopefully my agent can get me into something like that. But, uh, you know, I got side gigs, of course, as I said. I'm launching a Beast Juice and mm-hmm. I have a day job. And, you know, the acting's not really paying all the bills just yet again. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, that's the ultimate ultimate goal is to, to do that again and get yeah. back in the business full time. Yeah. And you spend time at the gym too, right? Bodybuilding. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm launching my supplement line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got into the, the whole bodybuilding thing after my car accident because I, I was doing physical therapy. And uh, while I was doing that, I was learning a lot of stuff from the physical therapist about bodybuilding and weight training and dieting and stuff like that. And I'd always been a really skinny kid. You know, I always came in like around a buck 20, a buck 30 when I was growing up. So even, even like high school and junior high, I was like one of the smallest kids. I was always a fan of like He-Man and like yeah. wanted to look like those guys and so I just started training after I, you know, started recovering from the accident and it just, just stayed with me. And I've been doing it now for 20 years. You know? Has has your accident impacted your your legs now to this day or have you been able to fully recover? I mean, I'm mostly fully recovered. I mean, I did have a lot of bad injuries, I had a partial hip replacement on my right hip. I had uh, a lot of damage to my left knee, though so the flexion in my left knee will never be what it was. But um unless I go back and have like a big surgery, get that fixed. But uh, basically there's a lot of scar tissue in the back of my knee. So there's a sciatic nerve that runs down the back of your knee. And back in 1997, when I had the car accident, they said, well, if we've actually cut this nerve, you basically have no use of your left leg. Mm -hmm. So we have to leave the scar tissue in there. So basically the flexion of my knee is like around 95% right now. Other than that, yeah, I mean, I don't really have any issues. And that point it gets cold outside. I have a lot of metal in my leg. So it's like, I start feeling the pain in my leg. Uh, I'm a Terminator now, so. There you go. You go through the airport security and you you probably beep, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I do sometimes. And they scan my hip. What, what you got hiding right there? I'm like. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Marty. I really appreciate you sharing your story with us and the time that you've given us to to talk about all the fun things that you've got going on and the history of, of the Sandlot. But uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience before we wrap up? Yeah, just check out uh, my supplemental line coming out soon. Uh, there'll be updates on that on Marty underscore York. And uh, we're going to be building a website as well. If you guys like NFTs, um, definitely check out NFTs. We're on Atomic Hub. So I think that's atomichub.com. Uh, if you type in the Sandlot, we have our NFT line there. Also, boysofsummer.cards uh, is where you can buy the actual NFT. And we also have a, um, a, a clothing line that we made because of the thousands of Sandlot shirts that you see on the market, a lot of them didn't get permission from Fox to use the Sandlot image. So there's a lot of stuff out there that is... Uh, not official, <laughs> unofficial. Uh, not, a, not official Sandlot <laughs> gear, but we launched our own line uh, of shirts and mugs and stuff like that on, on boysofsummer.cards. So uh, if you actually want to support the cast, then you know, go, to, go to that website. And... Excellent. 
Well, we'll definitely put that in the show notes as well and and, uh, share that out there with everybody and see if we can't get you some more NFT purchases (laughs) and supplement lines. I'll have to, I'll, I'll have to try it. You'll have to send it out to us and, and we'll, uh, we'll try it. (laughs) Yeah. The beast juice will get you going. It'll make you want to go to the gym. That's right. Instead of a Hershey bar, right? (laughs) Yeah. The Hershey bar originally did it for me, but now I need something a little stronger. So the the beast juice is what you guys need. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Get you going. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Marty. And for those of you listening, the best thing you could ever do is give us a review or share this with others that you know need to hear what we have to offer you in your marketing journey and ways to help you build your brand and your bottom line. Thanks again, Marty. Thanks, guys. And until next time, enjoy the journey. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.